Masechet Pesachim Daf Vav. We begin with the Mishnah right at the top. Hamchanes Maot ve'amad hare elu lishikli bet shamay omerim motaran nedava. We're talking about a case of a person who uh, gathers together, saves for up for his machasita sheke little by little. He has a piruta here, a penny there. And then so um, eventually, when it comes time, he, he says, all this that I've gathered, these will be for my shekel. So and now it ends up being that he actually collected more in, uh, in, in that uh, piggy bank then is required. So what happens to the extra, the amount that's, any amount that's more than the actual half shekel? So Bet Shemai says, um, he designated it as Kodesh by saying, these are for my shekel. So the machasita shekel will go for the shekel. Anything that's extra is still Kodesh. Because even though it was a mistaken consecration, it's still consecrated. And so it goes to the Bet HaMikdash and they use it for leftovers. Anytime the, uh, the Mizbeach is idle, I'll go and bring Korban. We don't want to have, have nothing on the Mizbeach. So they use, but they have to give it. Betilel says, no. He What he meant to say is, these are for my shekel, only the amount that will be for a shekel. The rest that I put aside was a mistake. And then I'll, I'll figure it out later when I calculate it. Went to Betilel, a mistaken consecration is not considered holy, and he can just take it and uh, spend it on groceries. But what if you have a different, slightly different language? If he says, I will be, bring from this uh, um, pile my, my shekel, in that case, in that case, everybody agrees that the left, anything extra is cholin, because he only said mehen from them, even Bet Shemai would agree. If he says, Elu lehatati, shavin shamotar nedava, he says, all this pile will be for my sin offering. And all that, or then the whole pile for sure, well, is, is Kodesh. The part of it for Machazita Shekel. I guess he's saying Lechatati because even Machazita Shekel is also a Kapara. Right? So he's saying it's all for, for atonement. So then, then it goes for Machazita Shekel and the leftover will be for Nedava. Shavin Mehen Lechatati. Shavin Shamotar Cholin. Actually, I changed my mind. I changed my mind what I just said. Let's say he's gathering together to buy a Korban Chatat. And he did something by mistake. He lit a fire on Shabbat by mistake. And he has to bring Korban Chatat. And so now he brought more than necessary. It doesn't matter. You have, bring, you have to bring it anyway. It all goes to uh, anything that's more than this particular animal that he wants to bring. Nevertheless, is going to be a nedava. And if he says, Shavim mehen hatati, he says, from this pile, from among this pile, I want to bring a, a Korban Chatat. Then Shavin Shemotad Cholin. Then everyone agrees that the leftover he can go, he can use it for himself. He can buy groceries with it because he didn't use the inclusive language. Okay, so now that's uh, the that's the first uh, that, that's the main halacha. Amar Bishimon, Ma Ben Shekalim Bishimon looks like he's coming to explain the opinion of Bet Hillel because after all, Bet Hillel says. Um, uh, if he says motaran, if he says elu shikli, then the rest is holin. But if he says, um, uh, if he says, no, uh, yeah. Uh, but if he says elu lechatati, then the motar is nedava. What's the difference according to Betilel when he says these are for shekel? So then he still has to. He, then it's okay. He can take it home. But if he says these are for chatat without any mehen. Then the rest is the dava. Why the difference? 
So Rabbi Shimon explains, Ela, just shekelim yeshem kispa, velachatat, and lahen kispa. Because shekel has a set limit, right? Only that amount. So then we assume when he says these are from my shekel, it doesn't mean all of it. It means only the amount that will be machasita shekel. Velachatat and kispa. Velachatat, you can bring, uh, you can bring uh, a small animal, a big animal, expensive one, a cheap one. There is no limit to how much. Uh, you can bring, you bring more. And so since there's no limit, so then we don't assume that it was a mistaken uh, uh, designation. Rather, in fact, all of it he wanted to give to a, uh, as a korban, khatat. The Biuda challenges what the Shimon just said, because the Biuda explains, this is all in the Mishnah, that even for Shekalim, there's no particular set limit. Um, after all, in different periods of history, the amount of machasita shekel was different. When they left uh, um, the Babylonian exile under the Persians, they used to give the darkon, you mentioned yesterday, it's a small gold coin uh, that uh, was good for traveling. That's why it's called darkon, what we say in modern Hebrew is a passport. So they would give darkon, uh, first because that was a standard Persian uh, coin, and so they would give that. Also, it seems that there was very few people, very few Jews that went, actually went to build the Bet HaMikdash. And so everyone had to give more. The Darkon was worth four amounts of the Machasit HaShek, four times the Machasit HaShekim. At some later time, maybe when the, when the Babylonians, uh, uh, maybe when the Greeks came, um, came uh, into power, they gave Sela'im, uh, which is worth two machasita shekel, and then at some later time, they they uh, they were giving a teva each, which is the, exactly the same as a hefe shekel, but that was the same, a biblical hefe shekel. And then at some later point, they wanted to give a dinar, that's a Roman coin, which is worth half of a hefe shekel, which is not enough. And the Kohanim said, no, we don't accept that. So you can give more or you can give less. But the changes here may have to do with different uh, empires that they're in and what is the standard coin. It may have to do also with population. When there's a few Jews, then everyone has to give more. When many more Jews came, then everyone could give less. And so you see there is a uh, sliding scale. So the Buddha says, what's the difference between and giving a Korban Khatat? Both of them. Sometimes you give more, and sometimes you give less. That's his question. Amar Bishimon, Afapikin, Afapichen, Yad Kulan, Shav Shava. No, nevertheless, regarding Machasita Shekel, everyone gives the same amount at any one one time. Yes, it could be at certain one generation it'll be more, and another generation it'll be less, depending on the need and the denominations. Uh, however, at any one time, everyone's giving the equal an equal amount. So therefore, when he says, this is going to be for my machasita shekel, he, may, he has in mind only that amount. Therefore, according to Betilel, he has to give only that amount and the rest he can pocket. Uh, whereas, regarding Korban Chatat, people bring all kinds of amounts, right? Depending on uh, how much they can afford. And so therefore, all of it as uh, goes to uh, goes to the Korban Chatat if he said that all oh, this is for Chatat. That is the Mishnah. Okay, now Amechanes. Rabbi Yoseh is going to limit the Mishnah to a particular case. Peshem Rabbi Elazar, Ma Peligin Vimchanes Perot Perot Rot. 
this is the way I explained it when I started the Mishnah. This, we're talking the machlok of it in Bet Hilam Bet Shammai is only when he gathers the coins little by little. And so he doesn't really know because he's been gathering for the whole year. He doesn't really know exactly how much. In that case, Bet Hilal says, well, when he says this is from a shekel, anything left over is a mistake and he didn't want to give it. And so therefore he can put it in his pocket. However, if he went uh, opened the safe and he just took a whole bunch of coins and says, these are for my shekel, for my shekel, everyone would agree, even Betilel would agree that the, at the leftover, he has to give to the Betamikdash and will go for a free will offering. Because he's not making a mistake. He took this whole thing. It says, these are my shekel. Uh, so he knew what he was doing. Okay, that's the opinion of the Biyoseh in the name of the Biyel Azad. But there's another student also in the name of the Biyel Azad who interprets it the opposite way. Biyel Azad said some lecture and two students, they seem to have um, mis, uh, applied it differently. The Biyel Azad, the Biyel Azad, Ma Piligin Bimchanes Perot Terot, Aval Be'omer Elu Leshikli, the beginning is the same. It is only when he gathers it little by little over the course of a few months. But if he goes and takes a whole bunch and says, these are my shekel, then everyone agrees that they are chulin, even Bet Shammai, who says when he gathers little by little, the extra is, uh, it goes to, it goes to Nedava because he says that mistaken consecration is still a consecration. In this case, it's even less than a mistaken consecration. He's taking the whole bunch and said, you know, this is for my shekel. Obviously he means the amount that will be for my chasita shekel. It wasn't gathering this the whole year and having in mind that this is going to be uh, for shekel. He just didn't happen to weigh it right now. Okay, so that's the opposite conclusion. Now we're going to challenge uh, this, uh, the second, the, the, no, we're going to give a proof for the first one. help out Now, so um, it's really not explicit, and so it's going to be uh, easily refuted. But here's here's the attempt. When he asked that question there, and he said, right? Why why should there be a difference between them? And he said there that, uh, and, uh, and he explained that shekalim have a, um, a, a set amount, and chatat does not have a set amount. And that makes it, that's why the halachot in each are different. So in what case was he talking about? If he said, I'm going to bring from among this, these coins my shekel, everyone agrees that the leftover is chulin. If it's not a case where he says, I'm going to bring from among them my chatat, everyone agreed that the extra is is, um, is chulin, because he said mehen, from among them. So rather, the case that he's explaining, must be talking about the first case where he says, these are my for my shekel, and because shekelim have a set amount from the Torah, therefore any extra will be chulin. Whereas there's no set amount, and that's why the extra will be nedava. So isn't that all assuming that he just took a bunch of coins? And said it and, and said that this is what it's going to be. There's nothing here about the 
about the um, taking piece by piece. So that sounds more like What's the first uh, uh, interpretation of Rabbi Yosef going to say? We can say, We can say, all that is following Bet Hillel, that Bishimah is coming to extend Bet Hillel, not Bet Shammai. And therefore, is, uh, and therefore, it could make sense that this is a case where he gathers it little by little. Okay, but further challenge of Rabbi Yosef's version, uh, so in the next Mishnah, we're going to see on the next, uh, on, the, on Amud Bet, it gives a, a summary statement that any extra shekalim are cholin. But the Biyoseh explained that the whole machlok was only regarding pedotrot, uh, but if you give a whole bunch, then everyone would agree that it's nedava. So how come in that kind of standard case, um, the Mishnah, the next Mishnah says cholin, but according to Biyoseh, the standard case of just taking a bunch, should be nedava. So he answered, He can explain that the next Mishnah also that we're about to see is also when he gathers it little by little and it's assuming the opinion of Betilel and not bring the machloket. So it's only summarizing the bottom line. Okay, good. Now we have a new case. So someone takes a, takes a shekel and says, I'm going to give this a machasita shekel because he thought he has to give it. But then he realized that he doesn't have to give machasita shekel. He already gave it a month ago. He just forgot. And now we have, he has an extra, an extra shekel. What's the law? It's not consecrated. It's a total mistake. And so therefore, right, this is, uh, makes sense according to Betilel, a mistaken consecration, nothing. Here's a more interesting case. He takes two coins and says, these are both going to be for Mahazita Shekel, because he thinks he has to give two times. Why would he think he has to give two times? Maybe he thought he didn't give last year. So he's going to give one for last year and one for this year. And then he realizes, no, you know what? I actually did already give last year. I only have to give one. Then what is the law? That's the second one. Is it a mistake? Therefore, it's, uh, he can uh, just take it back. Or because he consecrated them together, it's more difficult than the first case because the consecration does apply to one of them. So maybe you'd say here it applies to both. So we're going to try to answer. Ifrish, from we're going to answer from this Braita, Ifrish Khatatov Sabashu Khayab, Yusash no Khayab, Lo Kadsha. It's the equivalent case regarding a Korban Khatat. Um, if I, uh, I I bring, I think I thought that I'd made a sin by mistake. And then and so I have to bring one. And so I designate an animal. And then I realized, no, it wasn't a mistake. I thought I uh, I thought that I, I by mistake got cooked on Shabbat, but then I realized, well, you know what? It was Sunday. It was okay. So now this animal is that kadosh, no problem. I could just go and send it back into the into, onto the farm. If this shetayim, If I take two animals as korban chatat, because I thought that I made two sins, right? I sowed and I cooked on Shabbat. I thought so. And then I realized, no, no, I didn't. I cooked on on Sunday. I only did the sowing. On, on Shabbat, so I don't have to give one. What do you do with the second one? I cannot put it back in the in the farm. I have to leave it to graze until it gets a moon, and then and then I sell it and use the money. In other words, it is consecrated. I can't actually bring it as a korban chatat because I can't. It's not, I don't. I'm not chayav korban chatat. You can't just bring a korban chatat if you want. You have to actually have made uh, have made a transgression. And so you see that in the case of animals, if I thought I need two, I have to bring two. 
ends up I only have to bring one. Nevertheless, both are consecrated. So to in the case of, I thought I had to bring two machasita shekels, and then the, and I made them, designated them, and only one. Nevertheless, both of them will be consecrated. Okay, this looks like it's a good comparison, and we're able to find an answer to this difficult question. But we end up rejecting it. Wait a second, how can you compare them? We just went through the whole, right in the beginning of the Mishnah, that Shekalim is not the same as Korban Adavah. The Shekalim, the set amount, and so anything extra, uh, is, which is a mistake, it does not, does not count. Whereas when Korban Chatat, anything extra, even if it's mistaken, does become consecrated, right? Because of the difference that Machasit Shekel has a set amount. So you can't compare them there and you can't compare them here. So you know what? We do not have an answer to this question. All right. Now, back to the Mishnah where the Biuda said there's all kinds of different amounts throughout history. So I was just going to explain each of the currencies. Darkonot dinarim. What is a darkon? It's what we know uh, today, today as a dinar, uh, four times machasita shekel of the Bible. Azrul is called seraim, kishmuan, the sela is the sela, which we, all, we all still have around, uh, and the rabbis still had the same. Azrul is called tebaim, halges seraim, the teba is a half a sela, bikshur is called dinarin, keratin, the dinar is a keratin. It sounds like from the times of the Moraim, they had to adjust. The, the currencies of the times of the Tanaim were different from the Morim, so they had to explain them. Anyway, they did not allow the people to give uh, less than the Machasita Shekel, right? Even if it was not needed, right? There's a, you might have to give more, but you can never give less than the biblical Machasita Shekel. How do we know that? Min Hada, Misvat back in the on the first half and Nehemiah says they made an ordinance they made inst instituted that we are go all going to give a third of the shekel for the for, for bet elokenu sounds actually like they weren't doing anything before and they had to come and teach them Torah they teach them basic things uh, but they're learning they're assuming that the people were giving too little and then they came and said, no, you can't, you have to give at least a third of a shekel. Now, a third of a shekel is less than a half. So how does this um, explain this question? I think there's two ways to understand this. One is that the shekel that they're talking about was a larger denomination, and a third of it was still more than a machasita shekel. And so by giving a third of whatever, uh, whatever currency that they had would still be more than before that they were giving even less. Or the next line could be understand, understood as an answer to this. As an explanation of this, Rabbi Chalkiya b'Shem Rabbi Acha Mikanches Tzadik Adam Deshalem Shiklos Shalosh Pa'amim B'Shana. So we learn from here that you have to give your shekel three times a year. But maybe from the learning from it doesn't say the word Tzadik Shalish, but rather Shalishit. They're giving a one-third installment of their of their shekel. So uh, so they end up end up, end up giving a whole shekel, which is more. Then machasita shekel. Guess that's what how much they needed. And so you see that there would never be a time that they would give less than half a shekel. So Rabbi Chilkiya, by explaining this, can uh, help us help us to know that it never goes less than half a shekel.
Okay, so that's what we can learn. Um, the problem with this, my interpretation I said just now is that, why, why, who said you have to give a th three installments? I mean, usually just uh, all the Mishnah before, you give one time, you go you go to Jerusalem and you put it in, you put one machzit shekel in, not that you give it the three installments. And therefore the other interpretation of this is just in general, whenever you give charity, don't give charity only once a year, give charity three times a year, and then you'll be involved in charitable giving more often. We also learned something else from this pasuk, right, since it says shilishit, that, um, that the collectors, the charity collectors, should not bother the community more than three times a year. Don't have a drive in your, in your, in your shul every week. Uh, it's uh, too annoying. Three times a year. That's it. Okay, so the people will give three times a year, and they'll be collected uh, from three times a year. We can learn other things from this threes that the baskets that they would use to collect were three big and they had three different baskets for different purposes and they collected and made a withdrawal from the treasury three times of the year as we're going to see in a future Mishnah near around all the holidays. Um, okay, now regarding a pasuk back in, uh, we're going to go to some agada and sees that um, uh, when it says in the pasuk in Kitisa, this is what you should give anyone or all those who are counted. Okay, so the machasita shekel, even though it's at the beginning of the parasha of Chet HaEgel, nevertheless, it's kapara. So this is a good understanding that it's related to, to it's related to um, the golden calf. And so the amount is, uh, so somehow the amount is related to the sin of the golden calf. How so? Well, when did they sin with the golden calf? In the middle of the day, at noontime. And therefore, they're gonna bring a machasita shekel to remind, uh, to remind them they sinned in the middle of the day, so therefore have a shekel. Another way of uh, calculating something similar is they sinned in the sixth hour of the day, which is also noon, or 11 to 12, and therefore they're going to give a shekel, which is an equivalent of six of these coins. And so six hours, and therefore six, machzita shekel is equal to six of these small coins. Machasita Shekel is an equivalent to ten gera. Because the rest of the passage there says right, that uh, a shekel is worth twenty gera, therefore Machasita Shekel is worth ten gera. Because they violated all ten commandments, have to give ten gera, one for each. Um, I guess the uh, the the, the uh, golden calf was not only idolatry; they did all kinds of other things at the same time. Okay, it's a very appropriate Torah to say today when we made the siyum bechorot that because. Uh, because they tried, the, the brothers of Yosef sold uh, Yosef for 20 kesef. So 
um, people have to now uh, redeem their firstborn, right? They, Yosef, the firstborn of Rachel, for 20 kesef. So now we all have to redeem our firstborn for 20 kesef, right? The five salaim that we use is the equivalent of 20, um, 20 kesef. Back to shekel, because they sold uh, Yosef, the firstborn of Rachel, for 20 kesef, and so there were 10 brothers that were involved, even though Ruben wasn't, wasn't around, whatever, he still collected, uh, he still took part of the money that they got in selling Yosef, so each one got two kesef. Two kesef is the same as one tiva, which is equal to machasita shekel. And so therefore, we the the machasita shekel is a atonement not for chetayegel, which comes after, but rather for the sin of selling Yosef uh, back in Sefer Bereshit. And I guess according to this, you could say that the stories are in fact in order. Okay, very interesting derashat. And now we get to Amud Bet. Okay, now since we're talking about leftovers, extra, we're talking about all lots of different cases. Any extra that you could designate for Machasita Shekel will be Hulin, as we said before, according to Bet Hillel. Asiditafa, there's various Korbanot um, that you have to bring a tenth of an Efa of flour uh, along with them. If you give more, then, uh, uh, or then that goes to Nedavah, goes to the Beit HaMikdash, they use it for other things. Also, like you know, birds and, and other uh, things, sacrifices that you have to give as a Zav and Zava and Yoludot, the birds particular, particularly, or other Chata'ot and Hashamot, that if you designate more money uh, that's left over, all that money goes to Nedavah. Uh, we mentioned already Chata'ot. Already, and then we're adding all these other cases. And other ones are also particular. If you get, if I was going to give a Korban Ola, anything extra goes to Korban Ola. Any Korban Mincha, anything extra goes to Korban Mincha. Anything left over or extra from a Korban Pesach, if I had a whole animal and I didn't get to sacrifice it as a Korban Pesach, then I sacrifice it any other time of the year as, and it will be a Shelamim. So that's one where it changes because you can't give a Korban Pesach, not on Pesach, so then what are you going to do with it? You can't use it the next year either because that's the only, the only one year old. Sometimes a nazir, a nazir, when he's done, has to give all, lots of, all kinds of korbanot. So if the nazir is poor, he can't pay for it. So people would sponsor a nazir. And so they say, here's this whole money, is for nazirim. If it's more leftover, more than one nazir, so go to other nazirim. But if he said, I want to sponsor this particular nazir, so then fine, he sponsors that. Any leftover doesn't go to another nazir, but rather goes to a nadava, regular free will offerings that they would give whenever the Mizbeach was idle. All right, that's the Mishnah. Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yosei, Ad da'anat haman, shama'it kal Rav Yehuda she'el, she'el lishmo'el. Rabbi Yosei says, when I was there in Babel, I heard the voice of Rav Yehuda asking Shemuel. In the Bavli all over, we always have Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. Rav Yehuda is the, one of the main students of Shemuel. And so uh, we always have his name. But now we have an eyewitness that saw, that heard Rav Yehuda actually asking the following question to Shemuel. 
someone said, oh, this is going to be a machasita shekel, and then he died, right, before, before when it was donated. What do you do with it? It goes to free will offering. Why? Because there's no atonement for someone who's already, who had already, already passed away, right? You have to do your the atonement while you're alive. That's the good part. So uh, is referring to the Kohen Gadol. Kohen Gadol every day has to bring in the morning and the afternoon. And uh, this is a daily requirement. Let's say he brings more than necessary. What do you do with it? says You throw it into the Dead Sea. Why? Why do you throw it the Dead Sea? He says, well, he can't use it the next day because the next day he has to bring another uh, uh, tenth of an FA. No one else can use it, it's special to him. So you have to completely destroy it so that no one will ever uh, retrieve it again. Um, but Abiel Azaz says, no, just make it a nedava, and that, you know, like, like, uh, like anything else. Um, the Mishnah, our Mishnah, disagrees, seems to disagree with Rabbi Yochanan, because he said, you sent it to Yamamelech. In the our Mishnah, we didn't see anything that you sent to Yamamelech, right? Well, what did we say? Everything, including Asiri Taifa, and it sounds like it's talking about any, any Asiri Taifa. It didn't specify for the Quen Gadols and anybody else's, and those will go to Nedava. So that, that is a proof for the Biel Azad. Challenge to the Biochanan, how will he answer it? It could be talking about specifically talking about not the Kohen Gadol's but rather who else will bring Asitaifa? Someone who sinned and has to bring a sin offering. If he's very, very poor and can't afford any animal at all, or even a bird, then he brings a meal offering. So it could be talking about a minchat choteh shall call Israel. That's what Mishnah was talking about and says if it brings extra, therefore he brought a little extra. Uh, that goes to Nedava. But in fact, if it was in Gadol, Mishnah's not talking about that. In that case, he would have to throw it into Yam HaMelech. And here's a nice picture of Yam HaMelech. We're going to have a couple of cases of Things that they disagree with the Babylonians, that the uh, that the sages of Israel disagree with the Babylonians. So he says regarding this very matter, Abal Barba, Abal as a name of Shemuel's father. So actually, kind of related to the previous story uh, statement about Shemuel. So uh, uh, um, this uh, he complained uh, against the sages of Babel on this point. Inun Amdin. The sages of Babel said, Babylonian said, How do we know that Korban Pesach, um, that you are designating at the wrong time, that you're, using, you're sacrificing an Adon Pesach, right? Whatever, you didn't get a chance. Well, the, the whole group uh, left and went somewhere else. Uh, so then it turns into a, into a Shelamim uh, at any other time of the year. Because of the pasuk, but this is the pasuk regarding shelamim, and it says, "Imin has son korbano." If there is a korban that is brought from son, from sheep or goats, and it will be for zevach shelamim. So, what is that? What is it we talking about? Well, anything that's brought from sheep uh, it will be shelamim, which means korban pesach, which has to be brought from sheep and goats, son. So, if you bring it not on pesach, it will be shelamim. 
that's he's learning it from this pasuk, even though this pasuk doesn't say anything about Pesach, we're just inferring it from the fact that it says, Im min hasan. what else can be brought from min hasan? Pesach? Now, question, this is a Abba Abba's father, asks a question to the Babylonians on this. He says, well, this so, Pesach is not the only thing that you bring from sun. And the Korban Ola also can be from sun, from the flock, meaning from small animals. The answer is that we mean something that can only be from the flock and not on Ola, because an Ola can also be from Bakar, from cattle, from big, from cows, uh, from big animals. And so therefore we see that the Pasuk over here and Baikra 3, it says all that that which is only Minason, that's Korban Pesach and not Korban Ola. We're not done yet. With the Babylonians, Asham or Kalban Asham has to be from small animals. And there you go. So maybe it's talking about Asham, that if you did it for some other reason, would be Shalamim. And not Kalban Pesach. tells us that only Kalban Pesach, which comes from any subgroup within Son, including sheep or goats. Those are both the subcategories of son. So that's what the Pasuk is talking about Pesach and not Asham, because Asham can only be from rams um, and uh, not from all the categories of son. So that's, uh, there, there we go. It is in fact talking about Korban Pesach. Wait a second, this is no good. Everywhere, everywhere in the Midrash, the word means comes to uh, limit something, that a subgroup of it. And here, Bechanat Amar, at Amar, mean lirabot, and here using mean to say all, anything that is in the sun, right? All types of sun, all subcategories. That's not how the word mean and works anytime. Okay, so rather, this, that can't be what they meant. An, an answer could be, it's only implicit in the Gemara here, they're learning from the word he, from the letter he. Ha son, meaning any, all types of sun, ha son. Therefore, that's talking about Quran Pesach, which can be brought from any type of son and not Asham, which is only from rams, only some son and not all of them. Okay, so anyway, back to the word mean. Why does it say the word mean? Because um, uh, of other limitations. As I agree, the mean here is excluding something. Pesach cannot be brought for a two-year-old enough, has to be one-year-old, and it cannot be brought from a female, has to be a male animal. And the word mean also applies to Hashem, which has to be from rams, and not from goats or sheep. Um, so there you go. So we can explain the word mean according to everybody, but nevertheless, the letter he does teach us that as to, as can be called Pesach because all types of uh, son are included, are eligible to be called Pesach. Hatibun, another objection. To the Babylonians, the pasuk in Vayikra one talking about Ola also says min hasan. And it includes kesabim, uh, kebasim, and izim. And so, therefore, according to this, we should say, you know, what can come from son? Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach, not at the right time, should be an ola. Right? So, therefore, why do you say it's a shilamim? With, you're using your same logical derivation, you can say it's an ola. 
אמר רבי אבון, משנים דבר שהוא אכילה, זה דבר שהוא לאכילה, ואין משנים דבר שהוא לאכילה, דבר שאינו לאכילה. Rebun can answer on behalf of the Babylonians that we are going to compare something that is eaten to something else that is eaten. So, Korban Pesach is eaten and Korban Shalamim is eaten. And we're not going to, or rather, transform, transform Korban Pesach, which is eaten, to a Shalamim, which is eaten. We're not going to transform Korban Pesach, when it's not during that time of year, into an Olah, which is all burnt and not eaten. So we do the, we, we do the one that conceptually makes most, most sense. This is another similar answer. Korban Pesach is a lighter form as a, of, a, of a sacrifice to another light form of sacrifice. This is really the same as the first one, because these are the ones that people can eat. You can eat it anywhere in Jerusalem, and you're not going to change it into an Olah, because an Olah is Kodsheh Kodashim. And so we're going to transform into that which is the most similar. And so we answer all those questions. Now, this is the last similar story that Rabbi uh, Hanina complained or has had raised an issue uh, against the Babylonians regarding this matter, the following matter. I have a Korban Pesach. I didn't use it on Pesach itself. And now some other day of the year, I go and do Shechita. It can only turn, transform into a Shelamim if I had in mind this is going to be a Shelamim. I can't have in mind that it's going to be a Pesach or an Olah or anything else. I have to have the proper intention. That's what the Babylonians say. But the Bilchanan says, I disagree. I think even if you say, I'm slaughtering this as an Olah, it doesn't matter what you think. It will nevertheless be a shilamim. Because there's no way to jump from a Pesach to be an Ola. So thinking the wrong thing will be no problem. That's what Rabbi Hanina added. Amar Rabbi Ila, Tamad Rabbi Yochanan, min imi nason korbanu lezebach ha-shilamim, kor shehu zebach ba shilamim. And so what's the source for what Rabbi Yochanan taught here in the name of Rabbi Hanina? Because of the Pasuk in Vayikra, we're going Shalamim, if it's a son, and you slaughter it, sounds like for any reason, anything that you slaughter that is in that category is going to be a Shalamim, no matter, no matter what, even if you had in mind that it will be an Olam. Okay, now that we established that halacha, a further question. What would it make a would it be disqualifying if you had a, a wrong intention? Right, in general, you have to have the proper intention regarding you know everything where you slaughter it with the right intention and sprinkle and all that. If you have something that will be a wrong intention as an Ola, have in mind it's going to be an Ola. You said that's good, right? Have in mind it's going to be an Ola in some negative way that I'm going to slaughter it or or eat it or, or not eat it. I can't eat it anyway. Um, and you know, outside the time, outside the place. Would that be a problem? Or you'd say it's okay because I'm having the wrong intention anyway, and that's okay. It's not an Ola, so then I can still have the wrong intention and still be fine. So we don't really, we answer it by saying, well, what kind of practical case would it be? I had in mind it's going to be an Ola, and I'm going to take the, the people the blood tomorrow. Well, then even as a Shalamim, it will be no good. So of course it's going to be no good because it doesn't matter what you thought. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you thought it was an Ola or a Shalamim. That thought 
for the wrong time is going to make it pigol no matter what. In Tamar Mishnah Pesul pigol. In Tamar Mishnah Pesul pigol. If you say that it does affect, it does change, um, it, then it'll be pigol. In other words, if it applies as an Ola, it'll be pigol. You say it doesn't apply to the Ola designation, but rather the designation, it's still going to be pigol. It's going to be pigol either way. And so therefore, your question doesn't have a practical application. Okay, last thing. Um, and sometime of the year, you take a Koban Pesach, any time of the, of the year, and you say, have in mind, you know what, this is going to be for a Pesach, and then you say, no, it's going to be for a Shalamim. Or you say it's going to be an Ola, and they say, no, it's going to be a Shalamim. You have both the wrong intention and the correct intention. You've got to correct yourself in the middle. Um, what would be the law? So since it doesn't have a, its own designation, so it's the same as if you did it, um, if you did it quietly. If you just didn't say anything, I didn't say anything. I just shechita. The default is it turns into a a shelamim, and so therefore this shouldn't be any worse. Because at least I had, at some point or another, had in mind that it will be for a shalamim, so he thinks it should be okay. So when the student says, maybe I can extend your heter and say, and say, even if I did it, um, did shachita for its sake as a shalamim, but with intention that I'm going to sprinkle the blood or something else, right? Not for a shalamim. Then maybe that's also good because it's the same as uh, doing it lishma and shelo lishma, which if I was just quiet, it would be okay, right? So he's adding an extra, an extra, an extra step um, of doing the very performance, you know, both with both intentions as I'm doing shechita, also having the wrong intention regarding the zirika. So can I extend it that much? Okay, we barely even know if, if you're quiet, it's good or it's not good. That was like one assumption. Now you're adding another assumption upon another. And so you're taking it too far. So no, I do not agree with that extension. And this uh, will stop here.